Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. HIV used to be a near-certain death sentence. And during those scary years when that was the case, the federal government urged states to adopt laws making it a crime to engage in acts that ex- expose people to it. For a time, such laws were even a requirement if states wanted to tap into HIV-related grant money. By the year 2011, 33 states had such laws on the books. Now, the feds swiftly reversed course for nearly a decade decade, they've said that such laws are not helpful and may even be harmful. Yet 29 states continue to criminalize knowing exposure to HIV. In Missouri, you could face 30 years in prison for exposing someone to the disease. Yet that could be changing. A new bipartisan effort to repeal the state's draconian HIV laws is underway. And joining me in studio to talk about it is Chloe Owens. She's a justice organizer with Empower Missouri. Chloe, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? We're also joined today by Nishi Parkinson. She's a community activist and a local mother who herself was diagnosed with HIV in the 1990s. Nishi, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome. So, Chloe, walk us through the details. What is the current law in Missouri regarding HIV exposure? So currently in Missouri, um, we prosecute the transmission or exposure of HIV. Um, It is a class A felony. um, So that could sentence someone for up to 30 years to life in prison. That's basically like first degree murder. Exactly. Um, This idea that, you know, HIV when it first, you know, came around was a death sentence is still something that is on our books today. Um, With that, there are also a few other parts like sentence enhancements um, for people who are currently incarcerated who expose um, corrections officers and mental health employees to bodily fluids. There are um, sentence enhancements for sex workers, where if you are a sex worker um, under Missouri's current laws, any charge that you get if you are not HIV positive is a misdemeanor. If you are a sex worker who's living with HIV, all of those charges are elevated to some level of felony. Wow. Um, so there are a lot of different parts to the law that we're trying to you know, work on. I understand that Missouri is one of the states, not all states are this way, where even if you're using a condom during a sexual act, Missouri doesn't really cut any slack for that. And in other cases, too, you don't even have to infect somebody with it. It's just the very act that they could be infected. Exactly. How unusual is that in terms of the pantheon of state laws? Um, you know, um, it's it's interesting that it's actually not that unusual. Um, a lot of state laws don't consider intent, whether or not a person is actually trying to transmit HIV to another person. Um, they don't care if you were using condoms or if you are taking, you know, HIV-specific medication, um, if you're taking um, preventative measures or anything like that. And it doesn't consider the medical advancements that we've made. You um, mentioned the HIV-specific medication. I understand that these days that can actually make a difference difference in terms of whether or not exposure is even a problem. Exactly. So um, for a lot of people who are living with HIV, if you have access to um, consistent medical care, you're plugged in and you're able um, to get medication, a pill a day can then reduce your viral load to undetectable. Um, And we know that now if your viral load is undetectable, you're unable to actually transmit the virus to others. And yet under Missouri's law, you could still face a severe criminal penalty. Exactly. Nishi Parkinson, as somebody who's living with this disease, um, are these laws something that that are on your mind? Every day. Not just for me, just for other people around the globe, right? Um, Missouri um, laws are really thick. 
Um, they have no wiggle room, no acceptance based on the evidence that we currently have. U equals U is a platform that um, Prevention Access has afforded the world. Bruce Richmond has afforded the world to know the evidence, use the facts, learn the facts, and do the facts. Like working with individuals every day on the front line, we strategize to look forward to having people living with HIV, 90% of the people living with HIV knowing their statuses, 90% of the people knowing their HIV statuses and their treatments, and 90% of the uh, treatments with uh, suppression rates are low, right? Mm -hmm. So we know it's less likely to transmit HIV mm -hmm. to, a, to a negative partner. Mm -hmm. And being in healthcare, 100% of the time, I've been in healthcare over the last 22 years. I talk readily and available um, to my providers each and every day. I take that one pill a day mm -hmm. because I, not ultimately I want to live right. I want to be there for my daughter. I want to see her graduate. I want to see those milestones happen for my daughter. I do not want the HIV criminal laws that are um, happening today to put me in a trauma, right? So I do what I have to do for me. Mm -hmm. um, and there's other activists around the world that does the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so wholeheartedly, we're here today to, you know, talk about these difficult things that are happening every day in our legislation. And what a concern this is. Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, bringing, thinking about those points that Nishi brought up about meeting that 90%, 90%, 90% goal set out by the United Nations um, when it comes to addressing the worldwide epidemic. Those are commitments that even our current, um, you know, administration have made saying that these are targets that we want to meet. Um, and when you think about what HIV criminal laws do, they make it so that not knowing your status is protection. And when people aren't being tested, when they are afraid of what the impact of the law could be if they know their status, we're not going to be able to reach those particular targets and make that progress for people living with HIV. So if you don't know that you have HIV and you end up exposing somebody under Missouri law, that's actually a good defense. Exactly. So people have good reason to not want to be tested. And yet that's the exact thing that, that could make this epidemic worse. Exactly. And as you say, President Trump is on board for this too. Yeah. That's interesting. So, you know, um, on World AIDS Day, December 1st, it was December 2nd this year, actually, um, we, you know, read the presidential proclamation, and these are commitments that um, not only our current president has made, but also when you look at where we're at here in St. Louis, um, our mayor um, and also the St. Louis County executive have signed on to meet these requirements by 2030 in St. Louis City and in St. Louis County. Um, how are we going to be able to reach those if we're living under these kinds of laws in our state? Yes, so what Chloe is talking about, she's actually talking about our fast track city, how we're going to end the AIDS epidemic in our community. We're going to do that by mobilizing. We're going to do that about having um, daily development meetings to integrate um, public health for the city and county sectors. And on December 2nd, they all came together to look at this declaration so that we can make meaning and impact in our communities, right? And I currently sit on one of the committees for the fast track cities of community engagement. And being on the front line as a person living with HIV, it's meaningful to have those difficult talks, to bring people into care and to know the education behind it and remove the myths. Because stigma kills, right? Mm -hmm. Wholeheartedly. It changes your thinking capacity because someone can judge you just by looking at you, right? But they don't know your story. Mm -hmm. So bringing individuals in um, with a positive social aspect of talking about those things that... Um, 
individuals have contracted HIV in the community, we can make a safe space for them, right? We can have those dialogues and, and get them in quicker, quicker with the medical um, stance that we have in the St. Louis community. So we want to say kudos to our St. Louis City, our St. Louis County um, affiliates and CBOs here, our community-based organizations, for lending a hand to make sure that these things work. Now, Chloe's organization, that's Empower Missouri, along with um, other activists and several Missouri legislators, they held a press conference last week to raise awareness about some efforts to change these Missouri laws we've been talking about in the 2020 legislative session. And we spoke last week with State Representative Holly Rader. She's a Republican from Sykeston, Missouri. And part of what prompted her heard a sponsor legislation that would change these laws was hearing from one of Chloe's colleagues at Empower Missouri. That colleague knew that Representative Rader was familiar with the way drug addiction harms Missouri families in many ways, including in some cases leading to the spread of HIV. Here's how Representative Rader explained the connection between drugs and the HIV epidemic. So much of our increase in Missouri is spurred on by the opioid epidemic. So it, it was definitely a, a fit for some of the work that I was already doing as, um, you know, and, and it's definitely more important today than ever. Now, in previous years, there have been attempts to modify the state's transmission law. Representative Rader told us she's hopeful those efforts are finally now gaining the momentum they need. One, you know, last year was, the year before last, we had great committee testimony and everyone on the committee democrats and republicans all left after after the committee hearing with a a unified agreement that hey these statutes are incredibly old they are not scientifically uh truthful and we we need to get you know we need to do something about this so then uh fast forward to last year we had wonderful floor debate where Afterwards, I had representative after representative coming up to me and saying, hey, I had no idea. This has just been really enlightening to me as to the statutes that we have on the books that are so discriminatory towards uh, persons living with HIV. So, you know, HIV is the only disease that's named in Missouri statute. And um and so it, it's just really been eye-opening and educational over the last two years. That's Missouri Republican Holly Rader talking about why she's hopeful about this legislation updating the state's statutes uh, surrounding HIV transmission. And she did also credit President Trump's plan to eradicate HIV in America. We also spoke with Democrat Tracy McCreary, a St. Louis state representative. She told us she was proud to work alongside Representative Radar towards change on this issue. She said that now that HIV is no longer a death sentence, the state should rewrite its statute to pr- promote public health and not stand in its way. Everything in our statute should be doing um, things to encourage people to get tested and to know their HIV status so that we can eliminate um, HIV in the state of Missouri. And Representative McCreary told us that the stigma surrounding HIV has stood in the way of good treatment. That's something she saw firsthand in a previous career. Back in the 90s, I used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep and had the chance to attempt to sell an HIV test to OBGYNs. And it was very, very eye-opening because I realized that within the medical community, there was a lot of stigma and bias attached to um, 
the issue of HIV. So when I was trying to encourage OBGYNs in this St. Louis region to test all of their pregnant patients for HIV, I actually had medical doctors tell me, well, my patients don't need to be tested. I can, you know, I can tell that this is not an issue with, with my patient population. And that is so, like, not the right way to approach a public health issue like HIV because we now know that if people know their status, including pregnant people, uh, that there are things that you can do to prevent the transmission of HIV to the fetus, for example. That's State Representative Tracy McCreary uh, talking a bit about the stigma around HIV, but also, you know, the importance of this bill. And now we've got her and Representative Holly Radar both introducing these bills. They're really seeing momentum. Chloe, do you feel like this is the year where we could actually finally see these laws repealed or changed? I really do. Um, I think, you know, we're trying a different strategy as we head into the 2020 legislative session. Um, Some of the bigger issues that we want to see in the law, for example, the concept of men's which is intent. Um, You know, we're meeting with legislators and talking with them about this, building on the education that they already have, and also relying on their expertise that they bring into into the state capitol. Um, We're working with a lot who work in the field of law and who understand how, um, you know, other criminal statutes work. And building on, you know, the things that we've already taught them, you know, thinking about the medical advancements we've made and things like that. We're hoping that if we can get that through and and really um, combine both of those things this session, that we could see real progress. We're talking to Chloe Owens of Empower Missouri and activist Nishi Parkinson about laws criminalizing exposure to HIV in Missouri. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back to our conversation about the Missouri law providing severe penalties for HIV transmission and exposure. We're talking with Chloe Owens. She's a justice organizer with Empower Missouri. And we're also talking to Nishi Parkinson. She's a local activist and a mother. And Nishi herself is living with HIV. Nishi, you were first diagnosed in the late 90s. That's more than 20 years ago at this point. At the time, what was your prognosis? Uh, my prognosis was I went in for a regular routine check, right, at my St. Louis uh, County Health Department, where um, I waited two weeks to receive my diagnosis back then because that was the routine process then. Um, and I got my diagnosis, and I really went into a shell, right, um, because who could you tell at that time? You know, stigma was high, judgment was high in the community. Um, black and brown people just didn't know how they could access um, readily and available medical care, which my parents always made sure that my medical care was up to the utmost, but it just took that one unprotected time to have sex with someone in the community, which was my partner. And um, I contracted so, HIV. And this was a partner you'd been monogamous with, but Absolutely. He, he was infected. Absolutely. Um, you must have been terrified. I mean, at that Very time, people were dying left and right from this disease. When did you start getting a sense of, wait a minute, um, this is not a death sentence? I I mean, you look great today. You look so healthy. Thank you. Has that always been the case? Um, My healthiness has always been the case. Um, But I think 
um, when I met a young woman um, through my case manager, and her name is Linda Scruggs, right? They went to a TLT called AIDS Alliance. Um, they flew me out from St. Louis. I was there for a week, and I learned a lot about HIV 101, how to accept, how to gain the tools, and um, be able to be a leader, right? It wasn't easy um, stepping into a room of the unknown, right? But the individuals in the room catered to, to us as women, mm-hmm. um, learning about us and that meology standpoint of how we will live, how we will get past this, how will we be influencers in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward 20 years later, I have been um, an activist on the front lines um, for not only me, but for many of people around the world. I am Missouri um, PWN, Positive Women Network, USA, Missouri State League, where we believe in building leaderships for women, all women. Um, and our vision is always to be transparent, um, to uh, be non judgment, and to accept people for who they are on mm-hmm. the front lines. Um, so that's where I am today. I'm a, I'm a leader. And in terms of how well you're doing physically, um, how important is it that you need to keep taking medication and keep continuing to sort of treat this disease? Yes, treatment as prevention is 100% a way to baby to have a long um, lasting life, right? I go to see my physicians um, currently every six months, right? Um, so I had a, a long conversation with one of my physicians that I've been seeing for quite some time, and I really asked her and said, hey, do you think I can come in once a year now? Um, and she was really like, um, like, are you sure? You know, this stuff. she gave me kind of like the third degree, which she was looking for me to, you know, take ownership of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I go in once a year mm. and I get labs done every six months. But I don't forget that one pill a day. Right. That yeah. one pill a day can save my life. It can keep my viral load down, keep my immune system healthy and well. And I can fight off flu and colds just like anyone else. Right. I take my vitamin C. I don't exercise as much, but I need to incorporate that in my life and I continue to be a game changer um, for people that feel that they can't have hope you know so Mm -hmm. I allow my life to bring hope energy and uh, empowerment to people around the world. Chloe hearing about how well Nishi is doing today and just how healthy she is is that part of what's underpinning this this policy discussion in Jefferson City I mean we used to treat HIV like it was this terrible thing compared to say herpes and yet now today people can live with it just the way they live with many other chronic conditions. Exactly and that's I mean, the real underlying point when we think about this, um, we are acting as if HIV is, you know, so different than a lot of the other conditions and viruses that people fight with and battle with today. Um, And it's not. It's something that people can live with. Um, People can live long, healthy, robust, beautiful lives with this disease. Um, Just like you could if you get the flu, just like you could if you get a cold, things like that. Um, HIV is no particular, um, as some people see it, weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not what this is. And people who are living with HIV need to be given the same dignity, compassion, and respect as all other people. Um, and under these laws, that's not what's happening. Now, we think about these, um, these laws as just being things that are on the books and maybe not necessarily being enforced. But that has not been the case here in Missouri. I want to talk about a very high-profile case from a few years ago involving a star wrestler at Lindenwood University. Um, Chloe, what happened to Michael Johnson? Yeah, so Michael Johnson was a 21-year year old um, college athlete. He was at Lindenwood on a full athletic scholarship. Um, And he 
one of his uh, sexual partners pressed charges against uh, Johnson um, for having exposed and transmitted HIV to him. Um, so Johnson ended up being on trial for um, supposedly infecting two partners and exposing four others to the risk of um, contracting HIV. Um, and he was initially sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. Wow. That's a huge sentence. It's a huge sentence. Now, we talked to State Representative Tracy McCreary about Johnson's case, and he was recently released from prison on probation. There were some legal maneuverings going on in that case because people felt that sentence was so unjust. She said the way the state's law currently stands does leave room for these murder sentence type consequences. It's so, um, so, so frustrating because what the way the current law in Missouri reads is um, in the court of law, it ends up being a he said versus she said situation as far as if somebody disclosed their HIV status or not. And that's just the, the wrong way to do things. We need to be breaking down the stigma surrounding HIV, and we also need to make sure that we um, that knowing your HIV status is, is not a crime. So knowing people knowing their HIV status is actually good for the public and it's good for public health. So my colleagues in the Missouri legislature have a chance to update our laws and actually save lives. That's State Representative Tracy McCreary. Uh, Nishi, going back to Michael Johnson's case here for a minute, was this a case that you and, and members of the community of people living with HIV, was this something you followed? This was uh, conversations. It was a lot of conversations for our, our Positive Women Network USA because we envision a world where women can live with HIV with dignity and respect. And, you know, just having those difficult conversations around his case, um, it had a lot of question. It had a lot of room for conversation. And for me, me being a woman living in St. Louis, you know, I was uh, diagnosed in the late 90s, right? So everybody has sex, right? So uh, consensual sex and, you know, we exchange phone numbers in the community, right, when we meet a partner. And we don't talk about those things of how many sex partners have you had in the last six months? Have you visited your doctor in the last three months? Mm -hmm. You don't have those typical conversations. You know, I my mom come from a large family of 12, you know, and they had large um, families that, could, you know, women conceived women. Uh, children and um, the mother waited at home for the husband to come home daily from work right mm -hmm. they had viruses they had bacteria they had infections they had diseases back in back then in that era and people still had sex right so what makes today different mm -hmm. right so you feel that way even though um, as you were telling us earlier you were infected by a partner somebody mm -hmm. that you trusted mm -hmm. you still don't want to see them throw the book at somebody who might do that absolutely I do not want to see that happen to no one in any community any state because the laws are so thick right why would someone lose their life for 30 years knowing that they had consensual sex right mm -hmm. it, it was not reckless it was not rape it was not incest of those things you know it, it's not who we it's the things that we did that put us at risk, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in America is at risk of contracting HIV because there's no cure right now. And we're trying to end the epidemic. And stigma plays a big key in reason why people will not come to health care. And, you know, I think the other thing going off of that is that 
those situations, it's a consensual act on two people. Laws like this place the burden on a person who has HIV, and HIV specifically, when we're not talking about the other things that people can pass to one another. Mm-hmm. Even something that we, we all deal with and talk about so openly is the flu that takes more lives every year than HIV does to this day mm-hmm. and has for the last, I believe, five years. Um, so, you know, we, we need to stop thinking that HIV is something very specific on its own to be singled out when really scientifically that's not the case. A study in the journal um, AIDS and Behavior looked at 10 years of HIV prosecutions in Nashville, and it found that, quote, persons who were black were more likely to be convicted of criminal HIV exposure related to a sexual interaction than persons who were white, and also that individuals who were black received significantly longer sentences than those who were white. Chloe, are there concerns that Missouri has shown similar patterns or that the book is is being thrown at black people in the way that it, it maybe hasn't been with others? Absolutely. I think we can see that in the Michael Johnson case and that, you know, this was really a he said, they said. And um, the fact that there was so much reliability on the part of listening to um, his white accusers um, and the, I mean, the ridiculous amount of sentence that he got for what happened. Um, These HIV criminal laws are really just another tool to criminalize black bodies, queer bodies, poor bodies, brown bodies. And so we know that just as we've seen with other criminal statutes, other laws, um, and when we think about mass incarceration, this absolutely plays into that. And we don't think that Missouri is any exception to that rule. Now, we were talking earlier, we played some audio from both uh, Representative Tracy McCreary as well as Representative Holly Rader. And Chloe, you told our producer that the bill sponsored by Democrat uh, Tracy McCreary is the one that would be your ideal bill. It takes HIV transmission down to a misdemeanor level, among other changes. But because Republicans control the state house, it does seem that the bill being sponsored by Representative Radar is more likely to move forward and ultimately get passed. What would the Radar-sponsored changes look like if that is the version that ends up going into law? Right. So the first thing I want to say is that we're really excited that um, you know Representative Radar, Representative McCreary, are working together and are working with the coalition to you know try and get Raider's bill closer to McCreary's. Um, At this point, though, what the changes would make if Raider's bill stayed as it was, um, and that is the one that moved forward and passed, it would bring down some of the um, current felonies. Um, I believe the highest level felony would then be a Class B felony. It would require transmission, but it would also require for the prosecution to prove the intent Um, of the person that they were trying to transmit HIV to another. So those would be some good changes. Yeah. um, In the end, even though there would still be some felonies, which we definitely don't want to see, having to prove that someone was very intentionally trying to transmit HIV to another person, that is a high... Um, that's a high threshold to meet. And so it does still provide protections that the current law does not. Um, And just one quick thing for our listeners in Illinois. I understand the law is not as harsh there. Um, Their condom use can be used as a defense, which is not true in Missouri. The maximum punishment is only seven years in prison. But I know Empower Missouri still sees that as as less than ideal. Um, How big of a problem is this nationwide at this point? So at this point, I believe seven states have made reforms or repealed. Um, some of their statutes. 
Um, with that being said, we know that for a few states that have completely repealed their laws, we're still seeing people living with HIV being charged under their current um, criminal statutes. Um, for example, in Texas, we've seen people be charged with assault with a deadly weapon for um, exposing others to HIV. So they're getting around the fact the law has changed to still hit people with just as hard of a charge. Exactly. Wow. And so that's why in, with our efforts here in Missouri, we're not we don't want to completely repeal the law because we want to create protections within that. Um, we don't want to leave it open for people to take so much discretion to be able to continue to target people who are living with HIV. And well, so Chloe Owens of Empower Missouri, I hope you'll keep us posted as this conversation continues. I think there'll be a lot more to come on this this year. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. And Nishi Parkinson, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.